everyone. Uh, welcome back to Mentally Sounds Life and Lockdown podcast series. My name is Ricky Thamman. I'm your host. Uh, just a reminder of who we are. Mentally Sound is a mental health and mental well-being show. Originally a radio show, but as, uh, as our listeners are well aware, those who have stayed tuned all this time, um, with lockdown blindsiding all of us, uh, we decided to create a series of podcasts, which do go out on Spice FM as well. So if you're listening on our on our on that particular platform, it's ninety eight point eight FM. If you're listening to our on our social media platforms, uh, we welcome you as well. A reminder what they are. So on Twitter, we're at underscore mentally sound. On Instagram, it's mentally sound radio and mentally sound radio show on Facebook. And it'll be on Facebook where you'll find all the archives of all our podcasts. And and as listeners are aware, those that have listened in, you know, week in week out. We recently surpassed our, our 40th, so this is the 41st episode. Um, so yeah, I'll, what I'll do is I'll update all 40 and 41 episodes on our Facebook page. So yeah, and I'll have all the threads um, underneath each episode. So if there's areas in which you're particularly interested in, be it anxiety, be it isolation, be it access to services, you'll find all the list of topics there. Brilliant. Um, so we have some great guests for this particular episode. It's Dan and Dale, and uh, it's from the Take What is it? Take One, Leave One, uh, Newcastle branch, guys. Yeah. Is that right? Take One, Leave One, Newcastle. That's the one. Yeah. So I was reading a little bit about this on uh, um, just recently because I understand it's a very recent project. Um, how, how long have you been running for? We had our first uh, day on the twenty fifth of January. Yeah. So yeah, not long at all. A couple of weeks. That probably explains why when when I found you guys on uh, social media on Instagram, I thought, oh wow, this these guys sound really interesting to talk to. So I imagine you're probably doing a lot of networking there, finding sort of um, you know nearby groups to sort of work with and that kind of thing. Yeah, it, it's been a it's been a slow but busy process getting off the ground. Mm. Um, and it, I guess it's something we didn't really expect or think about in the beginning. Yeah. Um, but yeah, finding the right groups. Um, like the outreach people, and uh, just to spread the word and find the right sort of people that we can support. Yeah, it does take time, but we are we are getting there now. Sure. In terms of donations, though, the, the outpouring was immediate. Mm-hmm. It's just then giving out the supplies that we have to those who are in need. That seems to be yeah a bit of a, more of a task. It's a, it's a more of a it's a more of a problem than we realised initially. Excellent. Excellent. <laughs> So um, before we discuss more about what the project is about uh, in more detail, first of all, um, Dan, how 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 are you, and um, how's lockdown been for you on a on a personal level? It's good and bad. Yeah, um, it's it's yeah, it's, you don't really discuss out loud, but yeah, I guess this one especially is taking its toll. Mm. Um, it's, I don't know about you, but this lockdown seems to have just gone on forever and ever. So you're kind of uh, feeling the fatigue of it all and all that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. and I think I think on a selfish note, this project was kind of to distract me and my thoughts yeah. from sitting indoors and watching exactly, the yeah. same shows on telly. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's kind of helped as well, which is good. So uh, It's that rewarding aspect, I guess, when you... When, yeah, you know, in, yeah, I mean, when you, see, you see some of the people you help and support, then you kind of feel like, well, why, why do I feel... Mm. lonely or why do I feel fed up uh, yeah. when really I've got a roof over my head yeah. and a, a new coat on my back so mm. yeah it's a blessing. Deal how about yourself? Yeah very much the same way um, I've been trying to delve a lot more into just keep my mind busy occupying mm. myself my time 
yeah. uh, whether it be through exercise, which is obviously difficult in this this period yeah, of time, exactly. with the snow and the weather. And I think yeah. that's another reason why this second lockdown seems a lot longer. Mm. It's not as you can't go outside and do as much stuff. Exactly, uh, exactly. Physically. But again, just in the same in the same vein as Dan, this has been a blessing. Mm-hmm. Fortunately for myself, I'm on furlough mm-hmm. and I've got time to spare. Mm-hmm. So I thought, I believe we both felt the same way. We were looking for ways to pursue helping others and push our energies towards other charities but again with all the, the covid restrictions and whatnot we will find it difficult that's kind of why we set this up in the first place yeah i mean yeah given from both the answers there there's there's you know i can sort of cherry pick uh you know certain points that you made that i can relate to myself so um like yourself dan yes for me um the the, the mental health aspect the fatigue uh, but doing something like this a podcast is uh, is is a good distraction and and the rewarding aspect hopefully in, that we help others and you know doing the networking as we are with this and and as a self a deal I mean I'm a but I I run for 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 mental health and and you just can't do it out there right at the moment so it's it's it is yeah it literally is um so yes um take one leave one I I was reading an article um. I think yesterday it was featured in the big issue. Uh, am I right in saying that it started out in London about a year a year or two ago, and it's gradually kind of outreached to different parts of the country? And then, and, and at what point did you guys grasp it and take it on, and, and and wanting to do something locally? Yeah, so it's it's a project that I've followed personally for I think since twenty nineteen, mm-hmm. um, and there's a, a campaigner called um, Simon, and he works for. Amnesty International. Right. Um, so I followed him on Twitter and I followed his projects on Twitter for a long time. Yeah. Um, and it's always been something that just seems so easy, mm-hmm. um, easy to do and so beneficial. And then I guess this year with the pandemic, not being at work, again, just sat around the house, mm-hmm. there was a shout out. Like the, in London, especially, the, the rails started popping up yeah. in every other district or borough of London. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know what? Why, why isn't it something we're doing? Why does it have to be in London only? Like so, yeah. I reached out, um, and I didn't re- didn't expect it to be so simple to get mm-hmm. up and running. Mm-hmm. Um, the guys down in London were so supportive, so they sent a banner our way, like a professional banner, yeah, uh, which really gets the message out on the side of the street. Mm-hmm. Um, set up your social media accounts, and then yeah. just go for it. You ask for donations, and mm-hmm. like Dale touched on earlier, the, the outpour is insane so it was quite simple to get up and running yeah um and yeah i couldn't believe how easy it was since we, start, since we started the the rail up here in newcastle we've had a lot more especially in the northeast starting to pop up so there's a rail now with durham city center um sunderland city center mm-hmm. um well, we've had yes yeah, sunderland are doing really well there's a guy yeah. called ian um who reached out to us for some information within a week he was up and running mm-hmm. um, again that's how simple it is to get going um, and there's actually two starting in Durham now so two separate people in County Durham reached out so they've got one in the, the centre in the, near the market and there'll be one at the Arneson shopping centre yeah. coming soon yeah. and then yeah like like we said it's just taken off so we've been uh, reached out by people from Middlesbrough, um, North Shields South Shields um, so it is growing, mm. which is great to see, like the the generosity of some people. Excellent. Um, really uh, and Dale, do you want to explain a bit more to listeners regarding the ethos and how it works? Basically, 
um, we're looking at we're looking at the, the 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 problematic issue of homelessness, and of course it's it's an issue exacerbated in, um, of course in lockdown, but of course in the winter as well, and it makes more people more vulnerable. But the ethos being that what well, people can donate uh, a, a coat jacket onto the onto this spare rail, and anyone who needs one can just simply just pick it up. Uh, yeah. No questions okay. asked. Is that is that is that the simplicity of it? Yeah. The, the simplicity of it is, is it's just no judgment. If you, if somebody else can donate it and leave it on the rail, mm-hmm. you're more than more than entitled to come take it. Especially with the weather being the way it is, yeah. uh, times being the way it is, economically, mm-hmm. uh, socially, um, mm-hmm. it brings people together. And it's if you if you don't have something. There yeah. is, there's no judgment, no shame in coming just to grab some stuff. Yeah. Um, it's not just for those who are homeless. Like, mm-hmm. like you, like you touched upon yourself. It, the times are tough with COVID, jobs being lost, etc. Um, yeah. We've got more than enough to supply anyone with brand new clothing. We've been mm-hmm. getting donations that are still in the packet, still vacuum sealed, still got tags on, yeah. that are getting delivered via ASOS to us. Yeah. Or via Boohoo, we get we we're getting brand new clothing. Right, and um, am I right in saying that um, as soon as it as soon as it started, I mean, um, I guess I guess you overwhelmed by by the local the generosity given by locals. I mean, because um, it's that spirit that kind of keeps this project going, really, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I don't know if, if you've seen the Instagram page. One of our very first posts, you can see me setting up the, the front table, and in the background, there's two empty rails and a rail with that's half full yeah i've seen that I, yeah, yeah i brought in myself yeah and then now we've got the rails are overflowing we've found a fourth rail that's broken so we've got it propped up inside the building that's full yeah and um if anyone's familiar with the the restaurant that was so uh mm-hmm. so kindly lent to us that every single table in the main restaurant is full of clothes like shirt just not even coats and uh, jumpers just like t-shirts Mm-hmm. Men's and women's shoes, um, you name it. Top chair wear, yeah. active wear, lounge wear. Yeah. It's all all different kinds of clothing. I think and what, yeah, I think what it also emphasises because I, I myself, I work in the rag trade. I, I work in the West End, and you know, clothing wasn't seen as the the um one of the necessities of shops being allowed to open. It was all sort of food, meds, and all that kind of thing. But when you when you look when you look at it as it is outside, um. You know, I'm, 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 I'm like yourself. I feel lucky that I have warmth and I have clothes. But um, you think of people who don't have them, um, and so I, I was advocating that 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 clothing should be. But I mean, I guess in some sort of, you know, that's a side point to some extent. But I think you know, in this sort of weather, um, you guys emphasise just how important having warm clothes is because it, you know, um, whether you have a, a roof over your head or not, it's 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 essential and just just warm warm. Clothing for warmth, really, in this sort of um, in this sort of environment. But yeah. how do you guys think that this will extend? I guess beyond winter. Do you see this project? Um, you know, you know, we don't know how long uh, lockdown is is going to last for. But do you see yourselves kind of going beyond winter and sort of? I'd, I'd say so. Yeah. Um, I mean, initially, it, well, going back to the beginning in I think twenty nineteen, it was meant to be a week long project, and it oh. did so well. It stayed two weeks to, to two months hmm. um, so it's turned into a winter project uh, November, December, January, February and initially, initially we said we'd be here till the end of February yeah. and that's the current agreement we have in place um, 
with the people that have lent us this space to use. Mm-hmm. But obviously, looking at the news and staying updated with the whole pandemic situation, we cannot see hospitality being back yeah. by the end of February. So I think it'll be a, a discussion we have um, with that company, mm-hmm. seeing if we can use this space um, for longer. Yeah. Uh, and until basically, obviously, me and Dale here being furloughed, until we're called back to work, essentially, we'll yeah. be available willing to uh, support the local community so mm-hmm. if we have to find a new destination then that'll be another challenge but I'm mm-hmm. sure given the traction we've had um, and the popularity the popularity um, yeah. of this project I'm sure yeah. some kind of person out there will gladly let us use a space mm-hmm. um, to provide for our community yeah. Thanks Dan um, Deal, um, do you want to tell us to listeners a bit more about the, the current space that you occupy and, and uh, just how I guess how you've seen the the space filled with people's donations all over over the short series of time that you've had. Well, thankfully, Dan Dan works the, the venue that we are currently at. He's the general manager. We're as you like it in Jesmond. Yeah. So we've got the, they've given us free reign of the of the restaurant, mm-hmm. which is, honestly has been a blessing because so much clothing has been donated. Yeah. It, we couldn't have done it anywhere else, really. Um, mm. We couldn't have done it in a better place, no. unfortunately. Yeah. But we uh, we set up with a rail, two, three rails outside a table. Um, the table usually consists of hats, scarves, gloves, PPE. Mm-hmm. Um, but we are providing PPE for those who don't have it as well. So Excellent. masks, nice. gloves. Because, yeah. um, again, it's, it's something that we didn't realize initially, either, but if you're homeless, you don't have... PPE to protect yourself from the coronavirus, but, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, we have, we've got two or three rails outside. People just drive up and uh, donate out of the car. We grab the, uh, the gloves, bring them inside, disinfect them, let them uh, sit for a couple of days to obviously let the virus die. Or yeah, it's what's recommended. Yeah, so that's what we do with, within the space. Mm-hmm. Um, how you how have you guys been in terms of like working with other um, groups? I mean, we've got. You know, we've got food banks in the area. Um, um, do you liaison with, with all those other guys and, and sort of have projects in mind or have target areas as to um, what, what, what more, the, you know, the specific, I guess, um, particular types of clothing that you need more than others, that sort of thing? Or do you know what I mean? Yeah. In terms of who we've, we've been working with, um, very good friends with Vinnie's. St. Vincent's, the, the church, they've got a couple of spots across the city. Okay, yeah. Um, and our local one to us is over at Biker Bridge. Yeah. Um, and they've been, they've been amazing in terms mm-hmm. of support. Yeah. So we follow them on Twitter, basically just stay in touch. Mm-hmm. And they do specific tweets, like um, shout-outs, basically, we need men's shoes or we need okay. men's size 10. So they're quite specific with their, their, their needs. Okay. And obviously, due to the amount of clothing we've been given, we can provide those specifics immediately mm-hmm. um and i guess another another um charity group that we've become really close with is suitability okay um, and there's a gentleman called darren who started suitability which basically um he has storage containers and he gathers and is, is donated suits for those that are looking for work so whether they've come off the streets out mm-hmm. of accommodation and going into their first job interview or any job interview Mm-hmm. Um, Darren can basically liaise with them, keep them up, make them look dapper. Um, so yeah, all the formal wear that we've had come in, uh, we clean up and send his way. Um, and just really charity supporting charities is is the way forward here. Wow. Um, not only community spirit with 
was in the public, but just yeah, helping other charities. Really I mean, yeah, that, that's really yeah. To to think that this started off with initially wanting to keep people warm in yeah. winter with jackets and coats to suddenly getting yeah. people clubbed up for for jobs and things. Um, that yeah, that, that's that's, that's up, yeah, it's really blown up. But I guess that's another blessing of being given um, the restaurant. So from my bosses, um, they've been really supportive. Mm-hmm. Um, any other um, take one, leave one rail in the country at the minute are kind of stuck with having to cart the equipment back to the house. Yeah, maybe in, they're on the tube carrying a bag of coats or mm-hmm. um, yeah. So we can literally lock the clothes away, keep them safe, keep them dry, keep them warm. Mm-hmm. Um, which is why we feel that feel like we can support other charities and accept as many donations as possible because we know in the end um, yeah. it'll find the right home. So I imagine with that that sort of networking um, deal, I guess in a similar way what we, we're doing now between us three, you're, you're kind of signposting people that you might come across to nearby um, places they could go to, what do they need to get and find, I guess, yeah? Yeah, well, we're looking to network towards uh, branching out even further. So like schools um, within the area, say like families who are finding it hard to, well, provide for themselves and provide for the families. Yeah. Clothing might not be their main concern. Food, rent, electricity mm-hmm. may be their first concern. Mm-hmm. So we are looking to provide families with clothes as well. Because like we said, we've got brand new clothing, mm-hmm. brand like brand names such as Nike, Adidas, Ralph Lauren, Tommy Hilfiger. Wow. So it's, this is not it's not bad clothing by no, any means. No, 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 no. Just the imagination. Excellent. So if we if someone feels like they have to choose between, well, they shouldn't have to. You have to choose between food or clothing. They could choose food and just come straight here and get as much clothing as they need. Yeah. Awesome. Um, now, we mentioned before about the policy sort of like the no questions asked sort of thing, but have you ever, without sort of naming names or anything like that, but have you ever sort of been touched by people's sort of personal stories that you might have come across in the kind of situation that they've been and maybe give listeners a glimpse to what, you know, the, you know what, what people are kind of feeling out there at this time? Yeah, I guess there's three that spring to mind, mm-hmm. um, and I guess it's, it shows the spectrum of people we're getting. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we'll start with the worst off, and it's a gentleman that's only visited once, but we know of him around the city, mm-hmm. and um, he's currently sleeping in a graveyard. All right. Um, so he's got a little bit of shelter. Um, it sounds like a knackered tent, mm-hmm. um, and he's in a graveyard, so he, he I think you met him at the soup kitchen, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. I've passed cross paths with him at the soup kitchen, the one that's based in just where Shark Bar is, pretty much. Okay. The people's kitchen. Yeah, yeah. And I told him about where we were and where we were based, and he, he made his way over to collect some clothing. Yeah, mm-hmm. so we managed to get him a brand new, because he was a very tall gentleman as well, so yeah. he, he was wearing a coat that was covering his arms three-quarter length and right. stuff like this. Right. Again, we managed to keep him out with an extra large coat, um, brand new, wrapped him up warm. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, it was after a new sleeping bag. His was soaking wet at the time. We'd just given out the last of the sleeping bags, so yeah. um, we're, we're waiting for him to return because we've had a good donation of bags yeah. coming in. But yeah, yeah, I guess that's probably the worst off we've seen. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. Which, which strangely inspired me the most because even though the, the gentleman didn't really have mm-hmm. a lot, he had a great personality. He was so upbeat. The best so attitude. Much, yeah, yeah. 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 attitude was undeniable like he was so positive it was infectious how yeah. happy he was he'd be laughing he was joking he was dancing yeah. yeah and it really made like quite introspectively i just i thought i've got i can't really complain <laughs> this this gentleman is 
I guess I guess someone like him personifies um, the the stereotype that people might have had of people who are homeless. But when you meet them for real, you you, you that kind of stereotype just breaks down, doesn't it? Because you see genuine honesty um, behind all that, don't you? That's 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 yeah, really heartwarming. Um, what were the yeah. other examples you had there, um, Dan? Well, I guess the the middle, if we call it a middle example, would be a gentleman who's become a little bit of a regular for us now, um, and he lives in a shed. So doesn't have accommodation, um, but he's bumped into some people who, uh, obviously, with the pandemic, cannot house him per se. But they've yeah. got a big garden shed, so when it pours down, when it snows, he can at least get a roof over his head. Sure. I say roof, at least he's protected. Sure. Um, so basically, he's popped by a few times now, um, and he's basically using the clothing as blankets and protection, basically, yeah. trying to make the shed warmer. Yeah. Um, and again, because he doesn't have access to a washing machine or a shower or yeah. anything like that, he's swapping his clothes out, basically. Mm-hmm. His clothes are dirty, become wet. He'll yeah. come across, grab something new. Yeah. Um, obviously, the amount of clothing we have is not an issue. Um, mm-hmm. So I guess that's like the mid kind of person we're seeing. And yeah. then we have, um, on the opposite scale, um, we had a taxi driver come through. Um, so in his suit, driving his taxi, mm-hmm. um, and just so happened to be dropping someone off in the area and spotted the table. So we just had a little chat, what's this all about? Mm-hmm. And basically he just had a bit of a, a chat with us about how he couldn't really afford the heating at home. Yeah. Uh, his fares had reduced massively. Yeah. Um, he was lucky to make, uh, like, a, a cover his fuel, basically, mm-hmm. and with the fares he was receiving. So he helped himself to a big, big pile of blankets and a couple of coats for his um, his wife and his kid back home. Wow, okay. Which, yeah, which really touched touched me a lot you don't mm-hmm. really think about it um mm-hmm. you think he's out there working but realistically he's doing a couple of fairs a day com- compared to the, the masses he would have been doing I mean, he's, he's yeah. likely to be the the main breadwinner of the household and when, when uh, all that's taken away yeah of course awesome. just the way he was dressed as well you look at him and, he, and he's put his best mm-hmm. work shoes on his best trousers on but still yeah. he's keeping up appearances but behind closed doors we don't know anyone's situation really so yeah i was gonna say that was that's probably quite reflective of a lot of people at the moment as well yeah so that this is this is the this is what we want to try to branch out to we don't want to just we want to provide as much Mm -hmm. care and as much um stuff as we can to anybody who needs it regardless of background regardless of current situation working not working anything to help anybody financially through these times sure well, guys, um, we're reaching the end of this uh, podcast. I, I'm delighted. I'm, uh, it's just been such a really heartwarming interview. Uh, thank you guys for your time. Um, I'll, leave, I'll leave the last last words to you both. Is, um, if people want to, listeners want to find out more about um, Take One, Leave One, Newcastle, where they'll, they'll, where they'll come across the tables and the rails. Um, do you want to tell listeners out there how they can do that, please? Yeah, so if you are across social media, then look out for us on Twitter and Instagram. Mm-hmm. We are at Tolo Newcastle, so that is T-O-L-O Newcastle, mm-hmm. um, and we have a full information spectrum there. Um, you can find anything about us. In terms of location, yeah. we are classed as Jesmond. Mm-hmm. Um, the postcode is NE21DB. It is Archibald Terrace, um, mm-hmm. opposite the TA Centre in Sandyford, I guess, is the, okay. is the easiest landmark yeah. um, out of the As You Like It restaurant. We are here Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and Saturday, and we operate between 10 a.m. and 3 p.m. Um, so if anyone does need to swing by, 
just turn up. Please follow the COVID guidelines that we have displayed. Yeah. Um, sanitize. Please stick a mask on. Yeah. And we have disposable gloves if you feel it would be beneficial to yourselves. Um, and when you are exiting, we have a bin provided as well to get rid of those items. Um, but please just, yeah, turn up, take what you need, um, have a good rummage, take what you need, what suits you best. Fantastic. I mean, uh, I'm just, I'm, I'm sort of overwhelmed myself in, in terms of how much you guys have achieved in such a short space of time. It's it's really commendable. Um, that's fantastic. I know that in the, um, when we used to broadcast from Spice FM, there was a similar scheme um, outside the Beacon Centre where there were rails left and people kind of donated, but I don't know if that's still happening, but... I'll be interested to find out. I mean, is it something that you guys want to, ex- you know, take tables and rails to other areas in Newcastle eventually? Would you, would you have more than one spot? I guess. Yeah, I mean, with the out in terms of the outreach for donations has been um, overwhelming, but in terms of volunteers, requests for volunteers as well, yeah. um, we get every single day. Do you need a hand? Do you need a hand? Mm-hmm. Um, currently, due to COVID guidelines, we're saying no because there's space for just two of us sure. in terms of social distancing. Sure. Um, but yeah, I think if we could grow the project, it would be beneficial. Um, people often think Jesmond is quite an affluent area, mm-hmm. um, so maybe we are in the wrong location. We, I wouldn't say we are, um, given the outreach we're, that we're receiving. Um, but being city centre, um, or maybe somewhere mm-hmm. somewhere else, Biker, um, yeah. any any destination, Just you'll any, see the benefit. Any place to reach into different communities than awesome. other individuals. Any, anything to help. So yeah, I mean, um, as you say the sorts the sorts of project i guess requires volunteers but given the current restrictions it's sort of you know limited at the moment but i imagine when restrictions gradually ease it's something that you will kind of look into and uh but what if others are interested in what you guys are doing how else can they help but without doing the kind of you know uh that's that's within a safe safe you know distance right you know all the regulations you know? i guess networking and and give the give yeah. the give the give share tweets and and yeah, that's the biggest thing. So I'd say word of mouth. If people can volunteer or people can donate, then great. But if you see someone um, in a difficult situation, we all know family and friends. Um, maybe they are struggling. You don't want to assume or yeah. um, insult anyone. But just speak about a project like this. Mm-hmm. And someone may not say to your face, oh, that would be great for me. But behind closed doors, they might think, right, I could benefit from this. So yeah. just bring it up in conversation. We, mm-hmm. all, we, we do discuss mental health a lot with our friends and family which is what we should be doing but mm-hmm. making sure they're clothed properly um especially in this freezing weather it would be beneficial to everyone around so fantastic speaking about a campaign like this would be super beneficial fantastic well um you know congratulations guys i think it's a real brilliant uh, endeavor that you got going there and hope it does expand and uh um, please come back on again. We'd love to know um, how the project evolves um, over the course of the year and we'll see where we are. And I'm happy to help out whenever I can. And, and you've always got space here to talk and any any announcements you need to make, just get in touch. I'll be ha- happy to do that. So That's keep, great. keep up so the good much. work. Keep the good Cheers work. Thank you, Dan. Thank you, Thank you Dale. Cheers. So stay tuned, guys, for, for the next part. Um, uh, yeah, um, I'm just kind of overwhelmed by that. But yeah, just shows what you can achieve when community connects like this in times of crisis like we are now so yeah stick around guys and stay stay tuned for part two thanks dan thanks day take care thank you
Welcome back, listeners. Uh, thank you for staying tuned to Mentally Sounds Life in Lockdown podcast series. This is part two of episode 41. As I, as I told you before, we've surpassed the episode 40, which is a great milestone for us. And uh, yeah, um, thank you, Dan and Dale, in part one uh, from Take One, Leave One, Newcastle. One awesome, awesome initiative that they've got going. And much luck to them as the year continues and uh, that they continue to help people. Um, throughout the pandemic a um, couple of things I want to mention in the first just to just a reminder as it is a mental health and mental well-being show so as a disclaimer um, we will be talking about um, issues that might be of a trigger to you um, if that is the case then please please uh, go and see your GP uh, your local therapist to get the help that you rightly deserve a uh, couple of other things um, some some great news um, as we are a, a podcasting platform as well um, we have expanded, so the Spotify platform and the Pocket Cast platforms, you can pick up Mentally Sound on them as well, which is brilliant. And I just received news today that uh, two or three more have joined in joined in the ranks, but I'll, I'll announce them next week. But it is nice to know that there's more platforms for, for you guys out there to pick up on Mentally Sound. And of course, again, a reminder, our header page is on, um, on our Facebook page, so all the 40 episodes... Um, with all the topics underneath are readily available to listen to there as well. Excellent. So uh, without further ado, uh, the second guest for this second part. Uh, she's been on before. Uh, she's a friend of the show. Her name is Carol Barwick. Um, she popped in, I think, last in the studio. She joined us about two and a bit two and a bit uh, years ago. I was listening to some of that show, actually, before, just to have a little reminder of what uh, she specialises in. But it was a really informative chat, and I hope that we'll do the same again. I have no doubt we'll do the same again. But uh, yeah, she specialises in, in some aspects of, you know, things like hypnotherapy and uh, it'll be absolutely um, insightful to, to gather how lockdown has been for her and her practice. So without further ado, um, it's Carol Barwick. Hi, Carol. How are you? Hi, I'm very well, Ricky. Thank you. And thank you for welcoming me onto your show. No, it's, it's an absolute pleasure. Um, first of all, um, you know, I've, we've got a range of things to talk to in these sort of 20, 25 minutes that we have, but... Um, um, good to know that you're well, but how has, I mean, you revealed to me, um, that you, not so long ago that you contracted COVID, but before you get onto that, how's the whole experience of lockdown, the pandemic been for you on a personal level? Very interesting, actually. Uh, sometimes in a bad way, sometimes in a learning curve, which has been very steep. Yeah. At the start of COVID, during the first lockdown, if you can think back that far, yeah. I um, I have the hypnotherapy business and also a training and coaching business as well. And I lost all of my face-to-face training that I bid for, contracted for, part delivered. It literally just went mm-hmm. in in days. Yeah. A lot, a lot of training, a lot of work just disappeared. And also I couldn't see hypnotherapy clients. So for the first time since starting in business, I had a blank diary. Mm-hmm. which I kept just coming into my office and looking at because I couldn't read it. Never. I've gone through two recessions. Everything mm-hmm. just disappeared. And the difference here was during recession, you can contact people. No one was in the office. Mm-hmm. So you couldn't pick the phone up. You couldn't anything. You had no control over it. Yeah. So, um, you know, after a couple of weeks, I thought, right, I, I, uh, I teach resilience. So what am I going to do about that? Yeah. And I decided that it actually highlighted um a weakness in my business model in that I had no online offering. Mm-hmm. So I decided that I would then um 
do that. I would learn yeah. how to use Zoom and Teams and mm -hmm. deliver online, which is very different. Yeah. And during this latest lockdown, I've mm. been able to see people face to face still because I'm offering a mental health service. Um, and, and that is really useful because I didn't want to feel that I was abandoning people because I was told I couldn't see them. Yeah. I like to keep a hold of them and, until they feel better. So the online training is doing very well now. I specialize in mental health, sort of resilience and stress management and thread that into other courses. And my hypnotherapy clinic is very busy, as you can imagine. Great. Great to know. Um so, I mean, you just alluded to before I hit the record button, but yeah, yeah, was it last month you contracted COVID and... Um... No, I had it um, at the very beginning. Very. Be um, oh, sorry, I thought you meant uh, oh the very beginning. So even yes. before even before March, when we all kind of went in lockdown, you had it before. Oh, yeah, sorry. I had it for two months. Wow, okay. It was, it was weird in terms of how it presented. And uh, the, the, the thing that stood out most of all, was this horrendous cough that I got for the best part of two months and to the point where my doctor thought I had silent pneumonia and sent me for an x-ray. Wow. I couldn't breathe deeply because it hurt. Right. And I was tasting metal when I'd, be, I'd been coughing so much, I started to taste metal. And I was told it was there's blood vessels in my lungs with the stress of coughing so much. Right. So not particularly pleasant, but you get over it. And um, I've applied a lot of things to keep my health really top-notch since then. Right, so you were given, you must have been amongst the, the very first people to given that diagnosis then in the country. Wow, okay. So you, you had the, you had that experience and then went into lockdown. I mean, um, given that you already had it, were you kind of fearful for others? Would it, was it Im impacting you on, I, in terms of the business? And, well, I think at the, at the time that I had it, it wasn't called COVID because yeah. it hadn't actually come out there, but mm. I ticked all the boxes for everything. Mm. Um, when I when I got in, when you get the list of symptoms, mm -hmm. so you know I um, I didn't know it was COVID at the time, but mm -hmm. but every everything I've gone through the list, I had everything you know in yeah. terms of the the skin stuff and the the sweats and the sore throat and the mm -hmm. but the cough, and mm -hmm. it was it was the it was the worst cough I ever had in my life, you know. Yeah. So it's it's just a case of looking after your health from there and and making sure that you. Um, you take responsibility for that, which which I've always done, mm -hmm. and I think that's why I didn't get it as bad as some people. But it was enough, mm -hmm. you know. So yeah. the doctor didn't call it COVID, but you know, they, as I say, they thought I had silent pneumonia at one point, and I couldn't take a deep breath yeah. because it was so painful. I couldn't bend over. It was, yeah, I was, I couldn't breathe very well. So I'm assuming as well then that you would have you would have been aware of what was happening in China. And you you were sort of similarly experiencing the same sort of symptoms as you said you ticked all the boxes. So I'm assuming as well at, at, at some points you were really quite fearful about what was to happen that when you went to sleep or what would happen the next day would you get worse and that sort of thing. Yeah, well, I I, I think I just I decided that I was going to get well and look after myself the best I could, and I think the fear that we've been living with on a daily basis, you mm -hmm. know, through every media, hadn't really hit at that point. Yeah. So so by the time I felt okay again, which, as I say, it took a good two months, mm -hmm. um, that's when it started to come out. So I didn't have that fear every time yeah. I put the news on or the radio or the, or the, or the, the papers at the time. It mm -hmm. wasn't quite as, as virulent as it, as it was and has been since then. Okay. Right. Um. So going on, what you another point you just you mentioned before in the in the, so the intro that you gave there, um, that online, online uh, therapy wasn't an aspect of your business 
from from that point and that was something that you incorporated in because as we went into lockdown so my question is how um how different is that from face to face is it just as effective and do clients get the same sort of benefits or, or were there more things that you had to to do in order to sort of get the same sort of results that you were getting before yeah that, that's that's a good question because I, I had always done online coaching yeah. But I hadn't always done online hypnotherapy or mm-hmm. hypno-coaching because I blend the two sometimes. Um, and, and some of the tools I can't use online yeah. or, or I prefer not to use online, but I can do hypnosis online. Mm-hmm. I record the session, not something off a shelf. I record the actual session for a person mm-hmm. and then I send it to them, for example, in an email if it's Zoom. Yeah. Um, and they are very effective. I mean, I work mm-hmm. internationally. I don't just work locally or with the UK. Mm-hmm. And um, they have worked very well. And, and I've quite enjoyed doing it. If I have to say, I prefer face-to-face always. Yeah. Yeah. Because you can see more of a person. You can yeah. judge um, more face-to-face. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and people tend to prefer that. Right. Unless they're abroad anyway and they would expect to do it online. But mm-hmm. if it's someone locally here to Newcastle, the North East, I think they would all, well, feedback now is they would always prefer to see me face to face. Yeah. So with that in mind, I mean, I, I'm in agreement. Um, if I was to see a therapist, I think I would prefer that. But do you see that the way things are and people endlessly talking about the new normal, um, that this is going to be a sort of a seismic shift that the balance is going to tip towards more online sort of therapy? as opposed to face-to-face? I, I, well, every trainer that I know and every therapist that I know is hoping that it will get back to being face-to-face. And I think there'll be a blend of both yeah. um, going forward. I don't think it will be all online and whatever the new normal is, we will blend into it. Mm. But I, I just think it's, it's down to personal preference. And some people, you know, have put off seeing me until they can, you know, well, until they, they lock and the last lockdown said yes mental health can't be face to face they waited yeah. because whilst online is effective they personally prefer to come and see me um face to face and i you know th- that that will work for them mm-hmm. because in their mind they believe it will mm-hmm. and it does mm-hmm. um one of your one of your specialities i remember from the conversation we had um previous when when i booked you for when you came in the studio we had a bit of a discussion about um phobias and I'm just wondering with the whole kind of coronavirus dominated news that we live in, um, you know, people have things like germophobia and all that sort of thing. Is there been have you noticed a trend now where um things like the, the, the pandemic is, is becoming more of a, a thing as in sort of like a, a phobia as it were, that but more people are scared to go outside for, for things like, you know, um they feel more boxed in, that sort of thing. Um do you see what I mean? Is it become do. And, and that's a good question. I think the, 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 there are more phobias. There's even a new one termed maskophobia, where oh, people okay. have a yeah. bit of masks. There's a lot of health anxiety, I'll term it that way. Mm. Um, there's also been an increase in people who have a fear of driving, in particular on motorways. Mm-hmm. Um, so that can have a range of things. They don't. They feel uncomfortable with the space on the motorway or the closing in of big lorries yeah. or the speed that people go at. It's always personal to the individual, and that's the way I approach each session. But there, there is more. I mean, the biggest thing is anxiety yeah. um, and stress. The stress yeah. has gone up. The anxiety has gone up. People's personal resilience has dropped. Their confidence mm. has dropped. The self belief. 
Mm-hmm. Um, habits and addictions have gone up through the roof. They're what I call um, self-medication bandages. Yeah. So you can have an increase in drugs, alcohol, online shopping, gambling, mm-hmm. um, food. You know, if, because they don't feel they have control of other things, so they take control of that, even yeah. though it's not necessarily good for the health in, in yeah. massive proportions. Um, you've got um, anger issues, mm-hmm. self-harm, yeah. um, depression, and insomnia. Relationships have been um, affected. There's eating disorders come through. Domestic abuse, all them, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, basically, if you look at what is the stalwart of our life, we don't have control or we haven't had control of many of those areas. Mm-hmm. Now, some people cope with that, mm-hmm. but other people don't. They, they yeah. don't know how to cope with it. And then they self-medicate or their confidence drops. You know, mm-hmm. they can become agoraphobic and not go out. It's, mm-hmm. it's, this has been gathering momentum for a while. You know, and um, it's it's huge. Would you add would you add something like OCD to the list? Given that the kind of the germophobia that they kind of go through anyway, the yeah, fear the fear of the virus in itself. Now that it's real and it's out there, you know, sadly, you know, killing if people. If someone has a predisposition to OCD, it could certainly um, exacerbate it. Yeah. And I have worked with people um, who have OCD, mm-hmm. and it can be a challenging thing. I don't use the word difficult, but it can, can be a challenging thing to control. Mm. but not insurmountable and I have helped many people I've worked recently with quite a few suicidal people Mm. and again depending on what the history is whether they've been there before or whether it's this situation has just tipped them over the edge um, I've been able to help them and my approach uh, is unusual in that I use a blend of rapid transformational tools and techniques Mm -hmm. NLP Um, emotional freedom techniques, tapping. Um, I use um, a, you know a range of tools and techniques to understand where that person's coming from and be able to help them. Often in two or three sessions, yeah. very well, very fast. One of the one of the listening to the the show that you were on previous, um, you always emphasise about getting to the root cause of things. Um, with this current climate that we're in. Do you find that the root cause is in itself within the current pandemic, or is it still going to? Does it still in a lot of individuals that you see go back further, and the pandemic in itself has exacerbated their conditions? If if that makes sense, it can be both. It, if someone, you know, I'm seeing people, to be honest with you, who've never suffered from anxiety before. Yeah. Never, you know, and I'm talking from people who are uh, very young right through to chief execs, mm-hmm. and, and I'm seeing a full range of people in between. Mm-hmm. And the, you know, if somebody hasn't coped with, with a high degree of stress or a high degree of anxiety before, yeah. then that's quite a shock to them because they might not actually know or realize what's happening to them to start with. So that's one end of the scale. The other one is where I've helped clients years ago, mm-hmm. and they've never had any problems, and it comes back. Yeah. Because of the lockdown, because of you know job worries, because of relationship issues, because of health concerns, mm-hmm. and then the the anxiety returns. Yeah. So I've been able to you know I had another client just back yesterday, and he says I knew you'd be able to help me because you did last time, mm-hmm. and therefore the belief was there. And I did help. I did help them. We revisited the tapping tools, the integral eye movement tools. I did a, a a new hypnotherapy recording for him, having studied what I'd already done, so it blended and built on his. Yeah. previous therapy and happy as Larry you know he's he's, he's a mm-hmm. happy person now and he immediately felt a lot calmer excellent I mean yeah I mean you know I'm a I'm a long t- long-term anxiety sufferer myself and uh and speaking to other sufferers on these podcasts it 
it's it's kind of it's surreal in a way. What we mean is is that um, given as you said, people who've never had anxiety suddenly develop anxiety. There was it wasn't an arrogance on our part, but you know, for for the, all the naysayers or people who maybe didn't believe what what we were going through, it was it was almost like a a coming together of all of us saying, "Well, now you know what it's like." You know, um, we have, we haven't gone through the pandemic before, but it's almost like that that every time we step outside, we're very fearful of what might happen. And that sort of yes. thing, you know, feeling the fear. So would you agree that there is becoming a, I guess, if there is a silver lining in terms of what we're kind of going through, that there's more empathy that's going to um, generate around people as to what people generally feel because they felt it themselves all of a sudden? Yes, I, th- I think uh, if there is a good thing, I'll put good thing in brackets, it's yeah. that mental health is talked about far more now. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, you, you still have... A, a, a higher degree of suicide amongst men that I think anybody would be comfortable yeah. with. You know, you, you, there's a lot of work still to do there, mm-hmm. but I think it is talked about now. I'm running courses, um, corporate courses called Taking Care of Your People, and it's about managers mm-hmm. being able to read the signs mm-hmm. before it gets too late and someone takes time off work or their stress goes up and they have a meltdown. So it's it's how to identify those signs and then work confidently with them and then be able to signpost them yeah. within the realms of their company policies and procedures. Mm-hmm. And it's proving it's it's flying off the shelf. It's proving to be very popular. Mm-hmm. So so to answer your question, I think mental health is talked about far more now and understood yeah. far more. Yeah. So that is a good thing. Yeah. So given that in mind, um given that, you know, a lot of cases are obviously spiking for obvious reasons and waiting lists are getting 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 higher and higher and i guess you know as you alluded to before uh, even though you had your initial kind of um client lists kind of vanish but it's all kind of coming back um how do we deal with the whole whole tsunami of these cases i mean is it a case of just you know more funding for services or is it a case of putting in a national program in where people can learn more about self-care and practice things more about mindfulness at home and that sort of thing? Or is it just like a blend of everything, you think? Oh, I, I think it's a, it, this is such a huge topic. It's a blend of everything. I mean, one of the next things I'm going to do, my next challenge, is to design um, tools to help people. Because the way I work is to do myself out of a job when I'm working with a client as soon as possible mm-hmm. by giving them tools and techniques to be able to cope and go on. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to um, put that into programs that I sell online Okay. because I'm doing it in training courses now and, and my diary is, is absolutely rammed. You know, they're going mm. really, really well. So I'm thinking, okay, I can reach Joe Public, for want of a better mm. description, with mm. tools and techniques that they can use. Yeah. And, um, and and I think that, that will go down very well because of the tools that I've been using for the best part of 14 years in a clinic, clinical mm. capacity, and they do work. My goal is to get anybody that I work with to be confident enough to help themselves as soon yeah. as possible. Yeah. And and that's what the tools, I, in, even in session one, I give them tools and techniques to learn, homework to do, so they are taking mm. ownership with me. It's a team thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why I'm known um, as, as Ninja Coach. Okay. <laughs> um, the ninja, so, because it helps them to cope with whatever they're facing. Yeah. Ah, oh, that's really interesting because um, I mean, we're reaching the end. It's been it's been a fun show. I don't know where the time's gone. Really, it's it's extraordinary. But um, um, one one of my last question was going to be given on the last point that you just said. Um, you know, I hate to go back to the you know, in inverted commas, I'm doing the 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 signs there of the new normal. So people are predicting that kind of um, 
you know, the, the dynamics of, of, of human interaction are going to change and more people are going to work, are going to be working from home, et cetera, et cetera. Um, is that going to have uh, an impact on, on people's mental health, given that we, we're not going to do the same things that we were previous that, that might have given us, um, you know, the, the, the sweet comforts of, 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 you know, escapisms and that kind of thing, because everything's changed. And obviously the first thing is that we're not, we're not seeing our friends and family, which are our first comforts, aren't we? I, I think you're absolutely right. I mean, the, the, what you're going to find is, and, and I've designed a tool that um, highlights the different areas that I'm about to talk about, but people's, um, in general, um, the confidence to socialise can drop because to be able to socialise mm. is like a muscle and if you haven't used it, yeah. your confidence can drop, especially if you're not a confident person to start with. Yeah. You know, you can get anxiety or panic attacks mm-hmm. with triggers. I mm. work with triggers with people. What is the trigger for this? And then we can work with the trigger. Confidence level drops. Stress level goes up. The quality of sleep yeah. when people are working from home is affected. Um, social engagement is, is, is virtually a, a fraction of what it was before. Yeah someone's tolerance level if they're angry drops mm-hmm. now that can impact on any relationship yeah, yeah. and the sense of humor as well you know um, if somebody's depressed their sense of humor also be, it almost becomes numb they yeah. become numb so yeah. they're not as animated as they were yeah. um, and i think in general i've been doing a lot of online training people are saying that they miss the camaraderie of the face-to-face you know mm-hmm. having a cup of coffee and a sticky bun with somebody across the next desk Um, And so when I do my taking care of people for the manager's course, Mm. I get them to be aware that people are missing that. And what what could you put in place that could go some way to replace that camaraderie? And and there's a lot of innovative things taking place out Mm. there. But I think in in every aspect of our life, it's had an impact. Yeah. I think it will continue. So. There's 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 so many different complexities about it. I mean, even I was reading uh because like yesterday was was Valentine's Day and all that, and um, I read uh, I read an article written by someone saying I miss the title of it was I miss missing my partner because they're so boxed in, they're in each other's yeah. faces all day, and it's not just about having the, you know, the the the, the few minutes to yourself or whatever. But, you know, when that other person's away, that feeling that you get, oh, I can't wait till they come home or I can't wait to see them next time. That in itself is a feeling that they harbour, that they miss themselves. So I find it really interesting that the dynamics of not just relationships, but everything, as you alluded to as well, with, with work and, you know, um, family. Um, I don't know. We'll, we'll just have, I, think, I think it's just a case of, as well, crossing that bridge when we get there as well and just seeing how people react in a way, aren't we? Um, I know. Some people cope with it. Uh, a lot of people are not. Mm-hmm. And I think I've I've got a theory, Ricky, that people cope when they have to. Yeah. And it's when that when the pressure is off, that's when you'll have a tsunami of mental health care. I really believe that because you buttoned it you buttoned it down at the moment, you know, the hatches are battened down and people are just coping. Yeah. In in whatever way they can. But then when things are off, it's like, well, what's left what what do we do because it's been a long time mm-hmm. and there's been a lot of restrictions mm-hmm. and even you know you don't even see people's faces when you go out they've got masks on so that's it's, it's the social aspect of things as yeah. well um you know so i i think that when the lockdowns hopefully um very soon are lifted mm-hmm. you will get a lot of people being hit with mental health issues because they've yeah. they've ignored them they put them in a box mm-hmm. 
Mm. And, you know, and, 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 and quite a few of my colleagues who are in the same industries may expect the same thing. You, you know, there will be a, a nuclear fallout with it. I feel... I feel I have to sort of shoehorn in this last question because I think it's quite important. But the um, on the what we just talked about, the whole kind of real world versus virtual world, um, you know, one constant theme that we've had on our on our radio show and podcast is, you know, technology and and you know, of course, social media and all that. Um, about finding the right balance and you know, each to their own and that sort of thing. But Imagine if we went, I always, I always hit myself with this question. Imagine if we're going through a pandemic where we didn't have such technology, where we would, be, where we would be, we would even be more isolated. So in a way, I often feel that we have to feel quite thankful that we have technology like, like what, how we are talking now. Um, yes. cause it is a, it is a good, it, rather than seeing as like, you know, the, the not so nice alternative, it, I, I try and say is like the, 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 the very good second best. Do you see my meaning? That we can still interact yes. and we can still connect, you know. I think it's it's got very very good aspects in that you could have a coffee morning on a Sunday with your friends over Zoom or or, or Teams and mm. have a, a good banter. I think the negative aspects are some people rely on, especially the mobile phone too much, yeah. and they think an XX on the end of a message is the same as picking up the phone and speaking to the person, and mm. it's not. Yeah. It's nowhere near as good. Yeah. And we have, you know, connected to this, we have loneliness as endemic now. Yeah. And so, again, when I'm doing my training for people to spot mental health issues, I ask them to take particular care over looking after and supporting those who live alone. Yeah. You know, um, because it, it, they can be more affected, not always, because some people like living on their own and, and they don't mind mm -hmm. not having contact with this. This third lockdown has um, affected more people than the first two because in a lot of people's minds, they didn't think it would still be here yeah. and they didn't think they'd have to keep going this long. And that's why I say when the breaks are off, that's when things will hit people. I think so, given given that it was winter as well and we had the big cold snap, it kind of made oh, it a lot harder, yeah. didn't it? Yeah. Um, Carol, it's been brilliant talking to you. Um, it's a nice way to wrap up. Um, for listeners out there who would be interested to know more about you and how to get in touch with, would love to know what, you, what you're offering them. How would they go about doing that? I have a website, which is carolbarwick.com, carol without an E. Uh, my email is info at carolbarwick.com. So please get in touch if you have any questions or you have someone who you feel needs help. Mm -hmm. And I can send some information. Um, there's there's no pressure to use my services, but I think knowledge is power. And if you have this information, then you can make a more informed decision. So most of my work is on recommendation. I don't generally advertise that much. Yeah. I would say over 90% of it is recommendation from other people. All right. Well, that goes to show how reputable people are, I think, isn't it? It's, it's when it's through word of mouth. So awesome. Um, thanks you very much, Carol. And... Um, you know, uh, I, I don't think it'll be the last time we'll talk to you, but if um, if you feel that you want to make any announcements that will be beneficial to our listeners, then don't hesitate to get in touch and we can do this again. It'll be really fun. Um, brilliant. So um, thank you, Carol. Thank you, listeners. Stay tuned for the next show. Um, for listeners out there, uh, the other thing I did mention was the, uh, you know, I had a bit of fun recently recording the new intros and outros. I thought as we surpassed the 40th episode, uh, that we'll have a fun and do a little bit of a revamp. So I hope you enjoy them as well. I hope you enjoyed very much this podcast and stay tuned for the next show and join us again next week. Just as a reminder, it is going on Spice FM Tuesday at one o'clock and the repeat is at three o'clock as well on Saturday. Thank you, Carol. Thank you, everyone. Take care. Bye. Bye.